Welcome to Catapult Future Fest Conversations, powered by the voices of the Catapult community who are mobilizing capital, technology, people, and heart to solve the world's biggest challenges. Think of this podcast as a chance to sit by the fire and learn from a few of the amazing minds who joined us in Oslo for the Future Fest fifth anniversary gathering in 2022. I'm your host, Kate Byrne, co founder and chief impact officer of Pup Venture. We are at an inflection point where the majority of the world recognizes that philanthropy alone cannot cure the world's woes. Allison Fort, Catapult Foundation, and Niels Brugger, Catapult and Effective Giving, discuss what happens as altruism intersects with impact investing and the change that can come about as a result. I'm Alison Fort. I'm the CEO of Catapult Foundation, so deeply embedded in the world of impact investing and have been for the last... 12 years and I have the pleasure and privilege of working with Niels at the Catapult Foundation and we work with all of the startups that Catapult invests in on their impact work but Niels also wears another hat um, in the world of effective altruism working with effective giving so we want to bring some of the conversations we have over dinner and over a drink into this forum and sort of explore some of the things that we think about. And as Niels has a foot in both worlds, we figured he's the perfect person to sort of give us a view, let us talk us through how it is to be working in both. So Niels, why don't you intro yourself by telling us what brought you to this point of having a foot in both worlds? So yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I uh, overread uh, moral philosophy as a teenager, uh, got very taken by the ideas of Peter Singer, uh, which is a very common origin story for an effective altruist. Um, ended up uh, doing philosophy uh, as an undergrad, um, then kind of didn't know what to do with it. Um, so I started working as a journalist for a while, uh, started doing some investing on the side in the run up to the financial crisis. Um, during this time, I was also kind of involved with the rationalist community, so which was kind of um, the uh, ideas of kind of safeguarding future generations, the long-termist stuff that you heard um, Anders talk a little bit about uh, came from. So I was kind of reading up on that stuff. Then the financial crisis hit, and I realized that I knew nothing about finance and risk because I'd studied philosophy. Uh, and so then I went and got a master's degree in quantitative finance um, and uh, started pivoting to working in finance. Wanted to find the least evil finance, so that ended up being venture capital for me. So that was kind of a typical like tech pro VC in the beginning. Um, slowly discovered impact investing, which seemed on the margin to be a better form of investing, an even nicer form of finance. Um, and I think all this time I I was running this kind of effective altruism, how do, you do, how do you do good in the most effective way possible model in the background. Um, I think it applied a lot of that to the work that we did um, in setting up the kind of impact frameworks for Catapult and how we think about uh, impact uh, at Catapult. Um, and then I guess in 2018-ish, um, I met, uh, you know, for the first time really engaged with um, the actual people from the effective altruism community doing uh, philanthropic advisory at scale. So um, having the capital to deploy and working really hard to think about uh, how you can do the most good with that capital. Uh, so I immediately um, kind of jumped at the opportunity to merge the um, my financial background, my investment background, and my philosophy background. 
Perfect. Okay, so you touched on a lot of stuff there. So let's mm -hmm. go into as a, the key components of effective altruism. What is it? So I think the, the, the way I like to think about it is that effective altruism is kind of a question, right? And ask the question of like, how can you do the most good possible? I think it gets easily conflated with philanthropy, and that's for understandable reasons, because um, they do a lot of philanthropy. But actually, it's actually just that high-level question. Uh, how do you do the most good possible? Um, a couple of the kind of key assumptions, or the key things that it rests on, that I think get you like most of the way there, is that it, we try to be impartial. So that is to say, with respect to something like geography, like someone on the other side of the world matters as much as um, someone in your country. Uh, also across species, right? Animals matter, right? To whatever extent you think. Maybe not as much as a human, but some fraction of it, but they matter. So you shouldn't be, you should be impartial with respect to species. You should also be impartial with respect to time. So, and that's a big one, that future generations uh, have the same moral value as current generations. So just, and then also importantly that um, you shouldn't be uh, insensitive to the magnitude of the good. That's very important, right? That more good is better than less good. So trying to do more good in an impartial way uh, is um, the kind of big thing that EA tries to do. And then from there, you start to think tactics. Perfect. Okay. And then same thing with impact investing. So <clears throat> impact investing to me um, is a tool for a very specific job, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, things that you want to, that are good things for the world that you want to scale very quickly. The best way to scale something quickly under our current system is through markets, right? Create a product or a service that a lot of people want. That's how you really get something to scale really quickly. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the high level reason for why investing as an approach to doing good because it scales things really quickly. So there's like a subset of problems that um, investing is really good at, at solving, I think. It's also the, the innovation component of it, right? Uh, there's a lot of good innovation that comes out of investing. So I guess that's more the case for investing than impact investing. Um, the way I see it, uh, good impact investing always has to be additional. Um, and so that's a really key thing. In EA, we call it counterfactual thinking. So how is the world different uh, depending on what you do? Uh, and in and impact investing, I think we call it additionality. Uh, and I think it's super key because just investing in a company that does good um, doesn't actually like do any good from the investment side. Um, enterprise impact, as we say, which is uh, um, the impact that a company has, uh, happens, if that happens independently of your investment, your investment hasn't actually had impact. And that's where the additionality comes in. Yeah, okay. So those are key things. So those of you in the room that know impact investing sort of well, these are two things that we talk about quite a lot. The enterprise contribution and the investor contribution and the importance of having both. So the enterprise contribution is looking at what the company is doing, what what difference they're making in the world. But then for you with your capital to truly sort of have additionality, you need to be thinking about sort of your contribution as well. So what are you doing? What are you bringing to the piece? What's your capital doing? So there's been some sessions this week on things like catalytic capital, um, which would sort of fit that perfectly. So how are you sort of bringing something additional with your capital? I just want to add, it's not just the capital, right? It's also the broader engagement, right? You, which is the, your yeah. networks, exactly. Yeah. So what networks can you and so, okay, so we've done sort of, so investing is good, innovation, scaling, effective altruism, thinking, taking rigor, right? And I think this is a key thing as well. So the analytical approach, and this is also what I find sort of quite attractive about sort of the effective altruism movement and thinking from an impact investing standpoint, what we can learn, because 
often, you know, we get in impact investing, we're all wanting to get better at measurement, getting better at sort of understanding. So how are you seeing some of that play out? Sort of how are you seeing sort of the, the rigor, the approach, and what can potentially these two worlds learn from one another? Um, so I do think that, I mean, going back to the kind of early days of EA through GiveWell, um, like who kind of pioneered the EA approach to, to like quantifying impact. I think a lot of the, the work they've done there can translate over to impact investing. And that project that we're doing at Catapult now with Impactulator, we're working on this project to try to uh, forecast the expected impact of investments better. We're relying a lot, a lot on those same frameworks of like trying to dig down into this, um, these hard questions of like how much impact. Uh, so instead of just thinking, okay, this is a climate change initiative, it's like, okay, but how many kilos of CO2 is it offsetting or something like that and trying to get rigorous at that level. Um, and that's, I think that's the, the most obvious thing. It's just that, that, that instinct to always look that, notice that more is more. And notice that there can be huge, uh, kind of order of magnitude differences, uh, between companies that, that look very similar at a glance if you just look at it qualitatively. Okay. And then you work with both, so people that are doing both, right? Mm -hmm. So talk me through that. Sort of how, how, is, how do those conversations sort of play out? How are people thinking about using their investment capital and their philanthropic capital in the most effective way? So um, I, I guess I don't like see it as, as, um, as a dichotomy, right? As Robert here knows very well. Um, shout out to Total Portfolio Project. I think the, uh, on the EA side of things, the way they think about their capital is that, again, they ask that high-level question, like, what do the most good? And then they look at their options. And sometimes that'll be investments. Um, we, do, we do some investments um, on that side of things, too. Um, sorry, let clarify a bit the question. I so went off on one. Using both. Yeah, use of both. How so do again, they coexist? Well, <laughs> again, the category thing. Like, I think the EA is a higher level question. And I think it's, like, it's easier to see the difference between like, philanthropy and impact investing, right? Um, there, there's like a distinction where it seems like impact investing is good for certain problems, has certain properties. Uh, philanthropy has a different set of comparative advantages, right? But I actually do think that the high level question of just like trying to do the most good kind of sits above that. Um, yeah. yeah. Agreed. And we've talked about it. And I think I remember one of our first early conversations when I said we talked about the, the time point, right? So you sort of said that future generations and impact investors do think like that, too. You know, and I think that is sort of an approach. It is not. Sort of, and, and I think I remember you being quite surprised that, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, you can. So people, impact mm -hmm. investors are taking that sort of long term view as well with their capital. So I think that does sort of connect sort of the two approaches as well. But what are um, t talk us through sort of some of the criticisms of both. In your mind, let's start with. Which well, one do you, you want go. to start with? You go. <laughs> you go. You go. Um, I think uh, start with impact investing. I think that there's a kind of straw man version of impact investing that neglects the uh, additionality, and I think there there's a really strong case for it. Um, this like this idea that you well, I invest in this company and it does good things, and I don't invest in this company that does bad things. I don't actually think that that cashes out in a lot of good. And I think to the extent that, from the investment standpoint, right, in terms of the additionality, right, there's nothing there. And then I think it's, that's pretty weak sauce, to be honest. Um, but I do think that the, the strong version, when you take that seriously, kind of sidesteps that. So I think this is more like a descriptive criticism, like mm -hmm. uh, of things that get called impact investing uh, can be criticized for that. Um, I also do think that, um, this is maybe not a criticism of impact investing itself, but it's more of the, the mindset, this idea that the tool matters, right? That like you have this um, special preference for a type of intervention, um, like, like impact investing, as if it's just like automatically better. 
uh, and like forgetting to zoom out. Maybe that's more of a criticism of the space. Okay, give me uh, something specific on that so everyone understands where you're coming from. Uh, so what I mean is that they're neglecting this uh, realization that um, not all problems like like require the same solutions, right? So I think you can just, I'm just going to do um, impact investing because then I get to have returns and do good. And it's like, it's not that simple. It's more complicated than that. Uh, that's not the right way to look at it. Uh, and it's not like, <laughs> it's not made for you to have your cake and eat it too, right? The whole point is to try to do good um, on some level. Uh, and, and that's why, but again, that's why the profits matter in impact investing. It's like things that are profitable, they will scale. Like that's the actual reason for it. It's not so you get to have returns and, and do good. Um, yeah. The good that comes from the scaling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, and then criticisms on the effective altruism approach. Um, I guess there's like the few big ones that I normally hear. One is that it's like too cold, calculating, and rational, um, which I guess I can understand from the outside on some level because we do spend a lot of time like doing math <laughs> and like counting counting impact points. Um, but I think it's uh, it misses the um, the thing that it's very difficult to like empathize with very large numbers. Um, like you can't feel 10,000 deaths 10,000 times harder than one death. Um, the only way you can do it is to like see it in a spreadsheet and like act as if you can feel it. Uh, but that makes it, I can understand why that might make it seem cold on some level. Whereas if you spend some time with a bunch of EAs, you realize uh, that's not the case. I think another one that you get a lot is a neglect of systems change. Uh, or that we don't address the root causes of the problems. Um, and I think that um, that may have been a valid criticism in the past, and I can only like speak from experience that uh, there's been a lot of conversations about this, um, especially in the last sort of three, four years, about how you, how you tackle that problem, kind of in parallel to all the systems change talk that's been going on in the impact investing space. You guys just heard from GFI, for example, which I think is a really, really good example of an organization that has like taken the systems change approach very seriously and done it very successfully, right? Doing the advocacy work, also boosting the impact investing space, uh, advocacy in political sense, but also um, in the kind of broader world, um, being strategic about how they deal with politics, all that stuff. Um, and I think that um, finding more domains, right? Animal welfare is a really good domain for that. It seems to be amenable to a system change approach. But trying to find um, yeah, more areas where you can do that better is a thing that I think the EA community takes very seriously. But it is also a very hard problem. And so yeah, it's a lot easier to ask the question than to answer how to do it well. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I mean, we're suffering the same, exactly the same thing in the impact investing community. You know, more and more people are saying, how do we go beyond sort of just looking at one specific problem and one specific investment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, first is, let's look at the whole sort of our whole portfolio approach, which is exactly the same as what you were talking about sort of with TPP as well. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we sort of think, and again, looking at tools, what tools do I have? You know, what what is the, the most good that I can have with each portion of my portfolio or each portion of my actions? Um, and then going beyond that, I think now people are saying, right, but what about the system? Mm. I don't just want to have one intervention. What about the system? But we're finding it tough. So we've just started a project as well within Catapult Foundation on the impact investing side, looking at this, you know, what, what does it mean to invest for systems change? You know, if you, what does that, people say it, but it's really, really difficult to do. And it's really difficult to, to define and it's difficult to sort of actually identify what that looks like in practice and how you can know that you're sort of having those system level impacts. So it's good to know that both worlds are I think there's and there's like one one point that I wanted to make as well when you when you have like impact investors and EAs like butt heads sometimes if they then talk past each other it's like often um 
there's like if you can imagine like a stack of capital allocations. So you have like your public market portfolio, and then maybe you have your private market portfolio, and then you have your like philanthropy down here, and like. You can think about like moving in that direction to make it better, right? Take your public markets portfolio and move it in that direction. Take your, your investing, your private investments, and you move it in that direction towards impact investing. And you take your philanthropy and you move that to better philanthropy. Like, that's, that's one way to look at it, right? But like, EAs actually talk a lot about like moving across these, right? So also considering the trade-offs between those asset classes, not just within. Like, if you condition your thinking on these are the these are my allocations then like it's a no-brainer like do impact investing for all of that like maybe do some esg and advocacy stuff on your public markets portfolio and do kind of better philanthropy but the harder question is how how do you move thinking about also maybe opening up the idea of moving the allocations across those things um and i think that that's maybe um one of the vectors in which like yeah, impact investors and es talk past each other that mm. impact investors are talking about this direction but yes are also often talking about this direction on that continuum right. That's fair. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. So the theme for this speech was EA meets impact investing. Yeah. How do you see that playing out? Is that playing out? Um, I think the high level thing goes back to the just thinking about um, the sort of total portfolio approach, right? Uh, that um, you should you should, don't see them as kind of opposites or different approaches. I feel like it's there's a there's a merger there. A lot of the way that we think about uh, doing good uh, is like is very similar. Um, and just re remember that that's kind of the high level goal, and that's kind of the synthesis, and that will lead you to do impact investing when impact investing is the is the right tool for the job. It'll lead you to do philanthropy. It'll lead you to do advocacy activism. There's all these different approaches that that are kind of um, compatible with each other under that mindset, and they're they're not really in opposition. Yeah. And it's an and. Hmm? It's an and, mm -hmm. not an all. Super. Thank you very much, everybody. This is Kate Byrne. Thanks for downloading Catapult Future Fest Conversations, available wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for our next conversation, Future Opportunities for Women, led by myself and the founder and CEO of Shine Scout, Lynn Casey. A deep discussion with powerhouses representing a broad range of industry. Julia Zhao from Tidal Impact, Fatima Hamdani from FH Aerospace, and Susie Allegre, author. If you like what you hear in the series, join us in person at our upcoming Future Fest event in Oslo, Norway, May 31st through June 2nd, 2023.